Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Cindy Miller joins us live once again here on the Zoomcast and the podcast to talk more about her work as a certified hypnotherapist, certified handwriting analysis, um, analyst, I should say as well, and so much more. Welcome back. How are you today? I'm great, Jill. How are you today? I'm fantastic. And how do we reach you? You reach me at uh, Cindy Miller, freedomhypnosis.com or my phone number is 620-778-9421. Beautiful. Well, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to start. And then what is our area of focus for today? Well, um, it seems like a lot of people are interested in the uh, handwriting analysis. So I figured we'd give some give, I'd give some information about that. Again, my name is Cindy Miller. I'm a certified hypnotherapist and handwriting anal- analyst. And I'm a grandmother. And <laughs> I also work as a lifeguard and aquatics instructor. I just do a whole bunch of things. Well, we are happy to have you here. So what exactly is a handwriting uh, analyst? Explain the details of that. That's fascinating, the work that you do. Okay. Um, Yeah, it is very fascinating. There is a difference between I'm certified as a handwriting analyst, but there is, uh, you can be also be a a graphologist, but you got to go to college for four years for that. And it gets into a lot, lot, lot more detail than what, I know, um, but our handwriting is a very important of who, uh, part of who we are. It's um, how we think, it's how we behave, it's how we feel, and um, also, sorry, but I've I've got company that has a couple dogs, so hopefully Happens. they don't. Don't make worry, too much noise. you got it. But but anyhow, it's it's how we think on a subconscious level, and it's just as valid as any other form of communication. So. <laughs> but we can tell a great deal about um, a person or a client on that subconscious level. And the work to become, um, you know, how did you get certified for this? I know we talked about it in an old show, but it's always good to find out. How do you become a handwriting expert, shall I say? Tell me the process of that. And how, how did you get into it to begin with? Well, like I said, I um, went to school for hypnotherapy and it was oh. part of um, one of our, uh, classes to be certified um like i said if you want to get even more detailed you got to go to school for four years but it's just one of the modalities it's good for um well it's it's so accurate that lawyers use it uh mental health professionals use it law enforcement uses it um let's see uh um human resource personnel can use it because it really tells a lot about the person um like I said, on a subconscious level, you can really tell emotions and, and that sort of thing. But it was just one of the modalities um, when I was going to school for hypnotherapy, and I just found it extremely interesting. So I went on and took an advanced course in it as well. And uh, it's just really interesting. Yay. And yeah. the type of handwriting, tell me how it works, you know, because you can analyze what sorts of things can we find out from handwriting. Sure. I got a lot of things you can find out from handwriting. <laughs> it's <okay>. anyhow. <laughs> Sorry. So anyhow, you can look at the you look at everything in the handwriting. You look at the the letters, you look at the slants of the letters, you look at the margins. Um, for instance, the margins can tell if a person is has how much generosity they have with their time and space 
that they give to others or they give to themselves. You know, are they giving a person, giving person, or are they, well, on the other spectrum hand, it could be selfish, but it could also be, there's nothing wrong with giving to yourself first. Things like um, the baseline slant, the slant of the, um, the sentences themselves, those can tell the mood at the time that the person was writing. You may write slant your lines one way one time and slant them differently if you're happy or sad or, or whatever your mood is at the time. And the slants of the letters themselves, they tell a lot. Um, they tell a lot about how a person expresses their emotions and the pressure that they use on their paper can tell the depth and duration of the emotions that they feel. So there's a lot of things you can tell. And, you know, practicing your handwriting is a good uh, cognitive exercise. This is why therapists often use it in their, their practice to uh, encourage people to do journaling because it's very therapeutic. And, you know, in hypnotherapy, we suggest that you do it right before bed because, like I had said in previous, you know, episodes, that right before bed we get into those brain waves, those self-hypnotic brain waves. And... Um, so to do your handwriting right before you go into that self, you know, hypnosis is very therapeutic, particularly because you're going to go into the dream state, which your dream states also consist of while you're dreaming, you're sorting your day's information, you're planning ahead, and then you're letting go of stuff. So if you can journal and have all your focus on this journaling right before bed, it's just, it's amazing what it can do. Beautiful. And um, if someone wants to reach out to you, share again the website and any phone number. Sure. My website is Cindy Miller, freedomhypnosis.com. And my phone number is 620-778-9421. Awesome. And what else did you have on the agenda for today? By the way, I didn't get any specific notes, so I apologize. I don't know if you sent anything specific, but I know we we're talking handwriting today. So what else right, did you have right. on I your have list? That. Well, <clears throat> Excuse me. Handwriting. Uh, I, I don't know if many people know this, but if people handwrite their envelopes when they're writing uh, letters, which we don't really do much anymore, the envelopes are like 11 times more likely to be opened. Um, and also writing, actually sitting down and writing the letter as opposed to typing it also shows a more personal, connective type of, of uh attitude of the writer but there's also other ways to um, read handwriting you can read doodles and drawings you can read uh, look at the type of material somebody has used to to do their writings with and even the color you can the color of the writing this is particularly good when working with children you can have them sit down and draw pictures or doodle see what colors they're choosing for different things and it's very helpful in, in a therapeutic sense to kind of see where that child's mind and emotions are because, you know, as children, we don't always know how to express our emotions. We don't even know what our mm -hmm. emotions are. We know if we're happy or sad, but that's usually about it. So it's, it's really uh, interesting to see kids, 
and see what they choose for their colors and their drawings and stuff like that. I just had my parent-teacher conference this morning for my six-year-old, and she said, he has uh -huh. amazing penmanship. It's so wonderful. I was looking at it. I'm like, you know what? Compared to my other son, yeah. Like, it's very neat. <laughs> what does that say about someone who's very neat in their writing? Well, then my other son is sloppy, but... Does, like I mean, it all depends, I guess, right? You go by letters or what are you looking for specifically in a child's writing? In, in a child's writing, we really don't analyze uh, handwriting in children under 12 because they're just learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they're all learning the same way. Remember when you were in school and learning cursive? We all learned it a standard way. But as you get a little bit older, you start um, developing your own little style. And usually when you develop the style, I mean, you have may have, I remember when I was in like middle school, instead of dots for eyes, we put little circles. Yes. Of course, I don't do that anymore, but you can definitely tell from middle school to even now, my handwriting is pretty much the same. I developed, you know, my own little personality in my handwriting and it pretty much sticks with you for most of your life. And, you know, it, it's funny because I was, I can't remember if I was reading something or listening to something but anyhow they were saying that um, your, your handwriting as you first start writing something you're more in that cognitive brain thinking mm -hmm. about what you're gonna write how you're gonna write it trying to make sure it's nice and neat and and all that kind of stuff but as you really get to go and you kind of lose all those thoughts and you really get into what you're you're wanting to say and that's where the emotion that's where you can really get a lot of reading out of you get down to that subconscious and that emotional level and uh, that's where we pull things out of the most part is not that first first part of the word of the, okay. the handwriting but more the middle and the end but and you can also see it show a lot from um uh the per person's signature but yeah back to the kids we really don't do a lot on little kids that's why you know, the drawings and the colors and stuff like that are, are really important for the kids. But yeah, that we all learn the same way. So until we can develop our own style of writing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, I'm thinking about it now. You're right. My handwriting probably has not changed much over the years. Right. Um, but one thing I do that I find is different uh, than a lot of people, um, maybe it's not so different. I don't connect my letters. I, I write, I do half script, half print. Is that normal or does that say something about me? Well, I, I think we all do a little bit of that. I didn't even okay. know, uh, half skip, half, half print, but not connecting. So when you're writing in cursive, you're not connecting your letters? Yeah, the way I write, I kind of write print and cursive in one. Like I'll do like a, a script J space, a script I space, a script L space, script. I don't connect anything. Or sometimes, oh. yeah. Does that say something about someone? I mean, <laughs> it, it probably does. It probably does. I'm not sure. Even even if I, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I can kind of guess, which I probably won't, we won't want to mm -hmm. talk about over the over the podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't mind. I'm an open book. I'm a mess mentally. What's wrong? I'm stressed out. Yes, I know this. It means I'm not. Yeah. Could you just share what someone it, it, yeah. like that? I, I I would assume that maybe there's separation in yourself. Do you do that with your last name as well? Yes. You do that with your last name. Is your last name a maiden name or a married name? I've never been married. So I never okay. connected with anyone. Okay. And that's why I'm not connecting my dots. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's a loss of connection, I, I would assume, within yourself. Um, 
I, I would have to do some further. further I'll send you a copy. But I'll, give us, I'll, do some, I'll let you know next time. Thank you. <laughs> well, tell us some of the client stories. Tell us some of the, the analysis, analysis that you are doing. Well, uh, some of them, you know, when I, especially when I was practicing, you know, I knew a lot of people and I'd, they, they were like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, you can do, you know, do mine. So they would give me their stuff. But, you know, I knew a lot about them and their personal lives and stuff. So, and, and you know, when I give them their, their analysis back to them, you know, I, I printed everything off in, in all these different categories and stuff. And they're like, wow, I can't imagine. And you, this is correct. This is spot on. This is spot on. But I really wanted to do people that I didn't know. So I did find some people that I didn't know and I did theirs and it, it was the same with them. They're like, oh, that's spot on. But I, I did have one friend um, because of the way she had, had written a certain sentence. She started this sentence and it led me to believe that um, she was had this strong, strong feelings toward a, a daughter of hers. And the fact that the daughter isn't here in town with the rest of her children, you know, it's an adult daughter. And, you know, she later told me, she goes, that is so true that that one daughter is, well, is her first. So she's, you know, kind of grew up with her little extra special. And since she wasn't living around here, she just really had this overwhelming need or want to have this child here and that that really showed in her handwriting you yeah can tell that you can, you can tell when somebody's upset showing aggression the capital letters capital letters show an ego uh they're projecting they uh it's how they wish to appear to other people but the lowercase letters are how people actually are how they actually are in their daily life that's kind of the, the significance of that. And then you, they go into more detail about what some of the each of the lever, what some of the letters individually um, kind of are communicating. Ooh. So it's like, for instance, if you do your capital T and that line goes clear across your word, you're self-protecting. Yep. So there's a lot of people that do that. What do you do? Did, yeah. did you discover yourself from doing this too? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, I can look at my writing and, and and I did before I ever took the class. I sat out and did myself a whole page. I have no idea what it's you know going to tell me at the time, but I thought when I get to this class, I want to be able to read myself and see what it says. And when I did it, I was like, oh, that is that is so right. That's so spot on. You know, this is is me. I mean, I had to agree with it. I couldn't disagree with it because it was true. But <sighs> anyhow, we can get to um, I, I want don't want to really go into detail on a lot of letters. But one letter that I think everybody might find fascinating is the lowercase d. The lowercase d. Okay. The lowercase d is the sexual self-image of a person and how they write it. Now, some people write it with straight up and down. You know, that the, the stem is straight up and down. Some people are looping it. Some people, the round part, some of it, some people it connects to that loop or, or stem. Sometimes it doesn't connect to that loop or stem. And if you just have, if it does connect, and you have a, a loop for your stem, 
it shows that you're hypersensitive to sexual criticism. And if you have a D where, where you have a regular stem, a regular straight stem without the loop in it, but it's not connecting, that round part isn't connecting to the stem, it shows a separation of mind and body. And the writer um, thinks that he or she would function sexually differently or function uh, sexually different than what they actually do. Wow. Could be better, could be worse. Mm -hmm. You don't know. That, I mean, that's up Interesting. to the person. And if they have a loop and it doesn't connect, then they're hypersensitive to uh, criticism or compliments with a separation of mind and body. However, if anybody does this and you want to get to a normal, healthy, confident self-image, start changing the way you make your Ds. Make sure you're, you don't have a loop. Your, your stem is nice and straight and make sure that that connects, that round part connects. And if you start doing this and paying attention and focusing, you might notice that uh, these things start happening for you. You start having more of a normal, healthy self-image sexually. Sound interesting? It is. I got it. I don't have a pen on me, but I'm like, dear, my head, I'm trying to go, D, how I do it? Do I connect it? How do I do it? I might even start <laughs> the round circle first now that I think about it. Right. Sometimes well, I, I do think that. We do. Or sometimes. Yeah, I think we do. Sometimes I go around and up and down. Sometimes I go down and to the left, but I do connect. I do connect. You do yes. connect. Do you have a straight line or do you have a loop in your straight line? That that's a normal, healthy self-image, sexual self-image. Okay. So you're good. You're good, girl. <laughs> what else? What other tips and tricks do you have? Well, I think I said once before, a long time ago, um, your your letter T's, um, the lowercase T's show um the, the stem and the, the crossing of the T, where you're crossing it at, also shows uh, your self-image. Um, I think the, the stem is a self-image and the confidence is the crossing of the T. <clears throat> now, when we look at uh, um, handwriting, you have to realize that there's a, an upper zone, a middle zone, and a lower zone. Okay, the middle zone is where your most of your lowercase letters are going to be, like your lowercase N's, M's, all that kind of stuff. That's the middle zone. The upper zone is where that those stems reach up into or the capitals are up in there. And then the lower zone is be, below that middle zone, like where your um, Y's and G's would come down. Okay, so in the letter T, the small letter T, if you're crossing your letter T in that middle zone, that shows a lower self-confidence. It needs to be crossed a little bit higher where it's not in that middle zone. So you can, same way with the letter D, you can improve your self-confidence or your, uh, yeah, your self-confidence if you start crossing your T's a little bit higher because you have to pay attention. You have to focus on that. And then the self-esteem part is the stem. Is the stem going all the way up or do you have a short stem? If your sh stem is a short stem, then you have a low, lower self, uh, what I say, self-confidence, self-esteem. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can, if you know these things ahead of time, you can change your, your handwriting. And it can change your, your belief system about yourself. Mm -hmm. Gee. For the simple reason you have to put so much focus into it. You know, every time you sit down to write something, you oh, am I crossing my T's high enough? 
am I doing this? Am I making my D's, you know, the right way? You know, so you have to really focus on those. But right. the spacing, the spacing of the letters too, it's the width or narrowness of a person's thought process. So I'm, I'm assuming since you have a lot of um, spacing between your letters, that you just have a really wide thought process. You're very, uh, you're not narrow-minded at all. That, that's what I would think from that. Got it. What about someone who's depressed, anxious, and what stands out? Depressed and anxious. Well, actually, in all of these, if you usually have to have more than one, and there is, for, for every little trait, there's more than one um, thing you could look at in a person's handwriting. If you just see one little thing somewhere on that whole page, then it's probably not going to be accurate for that person. But if you see it throughout. So um, some of the things for, um, like, like I said, your, your self-esteem levels, your, your lowercase t's, that has a lot to do with it right there. Um, your ovals and, and your connecting strokes. And if you write angular, very uh, up and down, you know, instead of nice and fluid and uh, curvy, if you're very up and down, that can show a lot about a person. Um, what stands out to me is is a person, usually a person with very angular handwriting can show that they'd make a good CEO uh, of a company. They, they want to get things done and they don't care how it gets done. They, they just get things, you know, they have people under them. They make get things done. They don't have to worry about that stuff. So, but there's other indicators too, you know, could the person also be aggressive with that? They can also be aggressive as well. So it, it could be a bad aggressive or a good aggressive, you know, it kind of depends on the situation, but you really have to look at several different things when it comes to anything, including depression. But it's neat. It can it can tell whether person people's overthinking things. If they have even physical disorders, we were learning that um, sometimes. I mean, you wouldn't want to tell a person, "Oh, I think you need to go to the doctor and have something checked out." But unless your pen is malfunctioning, sometimes there's spaces in certain letters, and you might notice that uh, that person has a problem on. Whatever you know, say there's space, little bitty tiny spaces on the right side at the top. Well, that might indicate that there's something going on with the upper body on the right side, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. But it ha again, it has to be throughout. It's just not once or twice. Mm. Interesting. Well, we have just two minutes uh, left in the show. And to close out, let's find out more about... Um, first of all, your website, one more time, mention it. We should have mentioned it again. I'm sorry. That's what, it's Cindy Miller, freedomhypnosis.com. And my phone number is 620-778-9421. So, yeah, just not just the handwriting analysis she does, but she can also do hypnosis, which, as we talked about before, can help a plethora, so many things. Sure, sure. And I did find my list. <laughs> okay, good. But, but, but yeah. But handwriting, too, it really helps if we can do have a client do handwriting beforehand. It'll tell us so much about the client before they ever come in to see us. So that's why they kind of threw that in with the hypnosis. Yep. 
it's very it's it's fun to do but it's very interesting well we appreciate your time here how did you want to leave off for today well um just uh you know if anybody's interested just give me a call i do have free consultations we can do a little talking and if you think if we think we're a good fit to work together that's great we can set up an appointment and i do work on a sliding scale for anybody that's interested so just give me a call and thank you jill i just want to say thank you for having me on the show thank you for being here we appreciate it and looking forward to the next time we get to connect sure Sure. Thank you again, Ms. Cindy Miller. We appreciate you. And if someone's interested Thank in your you. work, you offer initial uh, conversation? Consultation, yes. Perfect. So, yeah. perfect. 15 minutes, 30 minute consult. How does it work? It's usually 15, 20 minutes. Can't hurt, guys. Give her a call, set it up, go to the website. Thank yep. you again, Cindy. Have a great day, okay? And you to all too. of our you listeners have- and viewers, stay tuned. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.